secure yourself in the mercy of God which cannot be taken away which he has abundantly expressed towards us and as long as you know God you have reason for thanks I'm Kyle Grant and I'm the lead pastor at Grace Bible Church you know biblical preaching is one of the highest priorities of our ministry and I'm so thankful that you've chosen to listen. If you have any questions about our ministry or would like to know more about Christ, feel free to connect with us at www.gracebibleelkhart.com. Thank you again for spending these moments with us, and I pray that God transforms you by His grace through the Bible. As we get going, I have a question for you. How are you celebrating Thanksgiving this year? How are you celebrating Thanksgiving this year? Well, we're going to travel. We're going to eat turkey. Or maybe you're not going to travel. Maybe you're going to stay home. Maybe family's traveling to you and you're going to eat turkey. Anyone else eat anything other than turkey on Thanksgiving? A few of you. I don't know why my family doesn't. We eat turkey on Thanksgiving. But let's be honest, turkey's not that good, right? I mean, you can, almost any other meat is better than turkey. Um, and we got smart. We used to do turkey on Thanksgiving and turkey on Christmas, but now we do turkey on Thanksgiving and steak on Christmas in, in my home. How are you going to celebrate? You're going to watch football, eat pie. I'm going to do all of those things. I'm not downing any of those things. And do all of those things. How are you going to celebrate Thanksgiving? Not the holiday. How are you going to celebrate the giving of thanks? You're going to gather around. You're going to do that thing that makes all the teenagers uncomfortable, right? And maybe mom and dad uncomfortable. Hopefully not. Where you, you know, you think back over the year and you say things you're thankful for. How much of that will be spiritual? You realize that Thanksgiving preceding the holiday is one of the most important, fundamental assumed biblical responsibilities I'm going, to, I'm going to use this term as well disciplines that should befit the life of the believer what we have done with Thanksgiving and, and I'm not going to blame the holiday for it although I think it hasn't helped I love the holiday please don't think I'm saying you shouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving I just think what we've done is we've reduced it down to the emphasis of one week out of the year and that's the only ever time, that's the only time you ever even think about the word. Unless maybe a, a message is preached on it, or Thanksgiving is obviously a very common theme of the Psalms. And so if you're here on Wednesday, we talk about Thanksgiving a lot, but what about you? How often do you think about the biblical discipline of Thanksgiving? What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, you you go to church. It does mean that, by the way. 
I shouldn't have to defend that, but unfortunately I do. It does mean you go to church. If, of course, you're physically able and are given that opportunity. It does mean you are interested in the Word. It means you're interested in the Word. I didn't say it means you read it for half an hour every day, and if you don't, you're a bad Christian. I said it means you're interested in the Word. It means you have some semblance of a communication time with God. It means you pray. I didn't say if you don't pray for an hour every day, you're not a good Christian. I said it means you have some semblance of communication with God. And it is not exaggerating of me at all to say that what it means to be a Christian in addition to those lists is to live a life of thanksgiving. But unfortunately, we just don't give it the thought and the attention that we really should. This morning I have a very simple outline from Psalm 100. It's incredibly simple. In fact, you know I'm not much one for one much for for titles. I almost never read my titles. I do them so that we have something to put in the bulletin essentially, but you notice that I have the simplest expression of thanks, and that's because the psalm just gives us some really simple ways to express our thanks to the Lord. And, and please understand what the psalm is going to do is it's not going to say if you don't give thanks this way, then you're not giving thanks the right ways. Necessarily, what it's going to do is it's going to say these are some of the ways that you express thanks because we consider who God is. So having said all of that, let's read Psalm 100. It's, of course, very short. You probably know it. Perhaps you've memorized it. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and we are His We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. This morning I have a very, very simple main idea And I believe you'll see it just kind of reiterated throughout the text. And it's this, that our thanksgiving is grounded in God. Our thanksgiving is grounded in God. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful, and we should be. I pray that this morning you would take the text, rebuke us with it, challenge us with it, teach us through it, heighten our love for you, so that we have a proportionate and appropriate and right, affectionate thankfulness. I ask these things through Christ. Amen. I told you this morning, this outline is very simple. I'm just going to give you a few ways that we should express our thanksgiving to the Lord. And of course I mentioned that 
the psalmist isn't necessarily saying that if we don't do these things, we aren't giving thanks. Now, thanksgiving will result in one or most of these things. In fact, really the only one that I can't really argue there's practical ramifications to constantly giving thanks this way is the first one, okay? And it's this word, shout. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Shout. This word we see constantly in the Psalms is is used almost exclusively as a, a victory word. It's the, it's the response of a victorious army, or it's the response to a king. When a king is seen, the armies and the peoples will shout. This word is a call to recognize the kingship of God, the authority of God, the majesty of God, the victory of God. Of course, I'm not saying that when you gather around your table this week on Thursday and after you've had your food, you should all just, you know, really, really bellow. That's not what I'm saying. But I think if you get the motive behind the word, it gets to our heart and the natural response to giving thanks. That if we recognize who God is, that our thanksgiving is grounded in God, that he's authoritative, that as the psalm will go on, he's the maker of all. He is the creator. There was no one like him. He's a redeeming God. It will fuel your passion in such a way that you'll respond with passionate thanksgiving. You say, what do you expect me to do? Just yell? That's not what I'm saying. But, but listen, some of you will yell about some things. Right? So I'm not saying you should shout, you know, as we're, you know, in some places in the South, they take this really literally. Okay? They take this really literally. Maybe I'll, I'll save my illustration about shouting when we get to singing in just a moment because they tend to do both of those together in some places in the South. But listen, some of you will yell about some things because shouting is an expression of our passion, isn't it? Shout is, shouting is an expression of our feeling. It's an expression of our emotion. So the psalmist is saying, if we really believe that God is king, if we believe that he is who he says he is, that he's the redeemer God, he's the creator God, make a joyful noise to the Lord. And what's the scope of the command? All the earth. All peoples of the earth. Some of you will yell on Thursday about football. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but some of you are really passionate football watchers. I know, whatever. Some of you shout at your kids this week. Some of you shouted at the driver in front of you this week. Some of you got shouted at. I'm not saying this is a a prescriptive, regulative command for the people of God that every time we're gathered, we shout together. That's not what it's going for. But what it is expressing to us is that you will express your passion with your responses. So what gets you excited? The psalmist in verse 1 gives us almost an unintended prophecy. 
Because what he says is, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth, and, and implied in here is all peoples of the earth, not just the people of Israel. And we know that one day this will take place. This is Revelation chapter 7. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So one day, brother and sister, we will shout, and we will do it in unison because salvation belongs to the Lord. What are you passionate about? Because your passions, the expressions of your emotion, will reveal it. Shout. Secondly, serve. Serve the Lord with gladness. Service is the giving of yourself to the submissive work of another. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, why should you serve the Lord with gladness? I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your what? Logical expression of worship. It only makes sense. And because you are emulating the person and activity of Jesus himself, for he did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And he took upon himself the form of a servant. So you realize that if our thanksgiving is grounded in God, the act of service is our return thanks with our lifestyle. How do you say thank you to God by living for him? How do you express your gratitude for the gospel of Jesus Christ? By living a life by emulating the person, by, by, by participating in the work, by perpetuating the glory of God and the gospel in service. Your passions reveal your priorities. So if you are passionate about something, you will serve it. And everything that causes the expression of that passion shows what or whom you serve. We've got teenagers in the room. Do you get really upset with mom and dad when they say you can't hang out with that friend or that boy or that girl? Do you know why? It's because your passion is enslaved to serving them. Otherwise, you wouldn't respond that way. And then does that, that issue resolve in you shouting at them and them shouting at you? 
The expressions of your passion reveal your priorities. So if you really had a passion for Jesus Christ and you're motivated by gospel passion, you'd serve God who eternally served you by forming a plan, devising a plan in His infinite wisdom to send His Son who would take on flesh to serve you. Who are you serving in life? You realize the issue of whether or not you're serving God is not just an issue of feeling like it at the time, being distracted. Serving is an expression of thanksgiving. Which means if you are thankful enough for the gospel and what God has done on your behalf through Christ, you'd serve Him. I would serve Him. Serve the Lord with gladness. Second part of verse 2. Come into His presence with singing. Shout, or this is the expression of our passion. Serve the giving of ourselves and submission to His work, recognizing what He has done for us, and so serving out of thanksgiving. No, excuse me, verse 2. Come into His presence with singing. Thankful people are singing people. You know I give a great deal of time to this on from the pulpit if you're not with us on Sunday mornings. Again, we talk about it a lot on Wednesdays because this is a common theme of the Psalms. What's the sound of your home? What does it sound like? If I were to use the proverbial, I was a fly on your wall. What does it sound like? I mean, this week we have we have sick kids at home. This week, so I got I got one on the I got one on the you know little nebulizer. There we go. I must said breathalyzer. That's different. We got one on the nebulizer. We got we got one who's feeling well and she's running around like crazy. We got we got the littlest one. She's not feeling well. I mean, she's really sick, so she's crying. The sounds of our home right now mostly sound sick. There's a lot of coughing. But you know what else it sounds like? It sounds like older, who's, try, who's feeling better, caring for younger, hoping he feels better so that she has a playmate. And then they try to play together, and he plays too hard, and he starts coughing. But you know what I'm talking about? Sounds of your home. What does it sound like at your home? Say, it's really quiet. We don't talk to each other. Well, talk to each other. That's what you came for today, right? What does it sound like at your home? What's the sound of the family of God assembled because we believe the same things and we believe them passionately. What does that sound like? What is the sound of the home for the family of God? Come into his presence with singing. Thankful people are singing people. Dane Ortland, pastor, says this. 
what we sing affirms what we believe. How we sing affirms how passionately we believe it. Now, I love the way our church sings. Let me start by saying that. I love the way our church sings. But I'm, I'm going to pick on the guys for just a minute, okay? And, and in, our, in many ways, our church is exceptional, in that, and I think we sing really well, and I can't tell you what that does to my soul. But one way that our church is a little bit representative of most churches, that if you were to go to most churches and you were to listen to the sound of their singing, you would hear mostly female voices. Some of that's the way that, you know, pitch works and all that, but some of it's just volume. Man, I want to hear you sing. I'm serious. Brothers, I want to hear you sing. Because your kids, your grandkids, other people in the church are watching you. We have men, young men in this room. And some of them are deciding whether or not how much or how passionately they believe this stuff. And so when they come to the opening their voices and profoundly proclaiming what they believe. It does something. Men, I want to see you, I want to hear you sing. You say, what's this all about? What's this singing business? Some of the you know, teenagers are like, oh, we feel awkward singing. You know, I, it's not my music. I don't get it. It's not my style. You don't come to church to have your style and your preferences tickled. And many of us would sing much more passionately and believe much more profoundly if that's how we operated. That we come here, no matter what the style or tune or preference is or the instruments being used, we come here not to sing our way, but to sing to our God. Yeah. Teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody unto the Lord. We saw it this morning. That all over this place, even in our church right now, where there's, I mean, it's, there's not as many of us as there usually are. It's a holiday week or whatever. We start singing, Jesus, thank you. And we affirm our gratitude to Jesus Christ because of the gospel. And there's 85-year-olds in this room, 80-year-olds in this room, 75-year-olds in this room singing that song. And I'm over here holding my daughter, who's four, and she's belting out, Jesus, thank you. And you know what it means? It means we're not here for us. There is nothing in the world like the church. So take five minutes in your day, take three minutes in your day, young families, start at breakfast time, teach your kids hymns. 
so that when they come to church and they see the older people singing, they know what they're doing, they know why they're doing it, and they can do it with them. Sing! We shout. We express our passion in thanksgiving. We serve, recognizing that we have been so, so sacrificially served in Christ and through Christ and by Christ, and we sing together. And in verse 3, know that the Lord, acknowledge that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Fourthly, we submit to the Lord. Submission acknowledges his sovereignty and inevitably the results results in thanksgiving. Know what? Acknowledge what? That he is. That he is the Lord. That he is God. That he has created us. And because he has created us, we we are accountable to him. And not only are we accountable to him as his creation, we are intimately accountable to him as his people and his sheep. You recognize who he is in comparison to who you are with an honest, sober view of yourself. And it results in taking a step back and saying, I should not live for myself. There's zero reason why I should do my life my own way for my own purposes with my own resources for my own good. Why? Because know that He is God. And who is He in relation to us? Well, we are His. But then it becomes more intimate. We focus the, we focus the lens on our relationship with Him a little bit more. We're His people, His sheep. And that through our shepherd we have no wants. He makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside still waters and restores our soul. He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And even if I were to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I am one of His sheep and He's with me and His rod and His staff comfort me. And He welcomes me into His home as a host. He prepares a table before me. And because I'm one of his sheep, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So God, not my will, but yours be done. For when I consider myself, there's no reason to live for me. And when I consider him, I have countless reasons. So are you following your own way, doing your own thing, living your own life, pursuing your own career, seeking your own bank account with your own self-earned whatever? Submission is an act of thanksgiving, recognizing a theology that is grounded in God. 
shout, express your passion and thanksgiving. Serve, don't live for yourself. Sing, express what you believe in song. Submit, acknowledge who he is and who he is in relation to you and desire his will above your own. All of these are expressions of thanksgiving rooted in what we believe about who God is. Verse 4 is where the, the aspect of thanksgiving is made explicit. Up until this point, it's been implied, and now it's stated for us. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Repeated, give thanks to him. Bless his name. So point number five, say thank you. State your thanks. Uh, now, this may seem oversimplified. Now, I'll do some like, de- I'll do some detail of the passage in just a moment, but I want to stop with the simplicity of the point on purpose. When was the last time you actually thanked Jesus for anything? Before you, before you come and you go, okay, well, I mean that's that's so simple. What a cheesy out. When was the last time you thanked God for anything? You say, well, I did it yesterday. How often? Uh, once or twice. That's enough? They said, oh, no. I mean, I, th- I thanked him ten times yesterday. Okay, good. You're fine then. You get my point. How often should we be stating our thanks to, the God, to God? Perpetually. For anything and everything. You say, well, my, my, my kids are sick. They're here. You're able to take care of them. Well, my job's not working out. Do you have a job? Well, I just lost my job. You have a God who will provide your needs according to his riches and glory. Say thank you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. You're in the presence of God. This is the idea of, yes, it's the idea of temple thanksgiving, possibly even an offering of thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. The idea that you're in literally the presence of God because you're in his gates. You're in his temple courts. How do you express your thanksgiving to God in the presence of God. Well, you do it most perfectly or most completely in the context of the church because this is where God has expressed his presence in the local assembly, in the lives of his people. So come together and say thank you to the Lord. Listen, this is not an oversimplification of this text. If you were thankful to God, you'd be devoted to local church. Period. His presence. And where does God express his presence in the New Testament age in the lives of his believers gathered in the local assembly? 
So stay devoted to local church because it's an expression of your thanksgiving. Where else do you know his presence? Come to the Word. Read your Bible out of thanksgiving. And you know what will happen? He'll give you more to be thankful about because the more you'll find of him. State your thanks to the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. In verse 5, if our thanksgiving is grounded in God, we've seen that we're to make a joyful noise to the Lord. It's his identity, it's who he is, so we're supposed to respond with thanksgiving, serve the Lord with gladness. We're supposed to serve him, sing because he's worthy of it. Know that he is the Lord, he is God, it's who he is, so we submit to him because he's made us his sheep. We're supposed to come into his presence with thanksgiving for. Here's the reason. The Lord is good. Listen, I didn't say this was easy. I'm just saying what it says. Give thanks and sing and submit and serve, for the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. So finally, secure yourself in his mercy. Secure yourself in his mercy. My friend, even on your worst days, even on your hardest days, the times that are most discouraging, you will never live a day in this life unloved by God. No matter how bad things get, no matter how much you'd rewrite it yourself, you will never sing to, serve, or submit to a God who is not good. You say, well, this Thanksgiving is really hard because we had to cut back. This Thanksgiving is really hard because my parents won't be there. This Thanksgiving is really hard because we couldn't get all the family together. And this Thanksgiving is really hard because you fill in the blank. Do you thank the Lord for the, is that, is that why we have Thanksgiving? Is that why you're thanking the Lord? Or are you expressing your thanksgiving because he is good and his steadfast love endures forever? I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. I didn't say Thanksgiving is always easy. 
But our thanksgiving is grounded in God. And as long as you have a God that loves you, you have pure thanksgiving. Godly thanksgiving always considers what is in God's mercy, how he has expressed that mercy, rather than attempting to root our thanksgiving in what could be or our perceptions of his blessing. If we consider God's mercy, there's always something worse off. Which means we already have the high ground for giving thanks. I think Matthew Henry displays this for us perfectly. In the story, I don't know if you know this about Matthew Henry, but he was once mugged and beaten and robbed. This is what he wrote in his journal. God, I thank thee, one, that I have never been robbed before. Two, this is funny but profound. Two, that though they took my purse, they did not take my life. Three, that though they took my all, my all was not much. And four, that I was the one who was robbed and not the one doing the robbing. Matthew Henry said in that same entry, call a man ungrateful and you can call him nothing worse. So how do we have this kind of perspective? You always rest in the steadfast love of God. Secure yourself in the mercy of God which cannot be taken away which he has abundantly expressed towards us. And as long as you know God, you have reason for thanks.